Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite wands and time turners. Let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I forgot how much I love this book. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that, but I just, I love this book so much. And I think it's because of Sirius. Oh. Like, we, we always joke about Emo Harry and how much we love Emo Harry and the whole thing, like, and Caps Lock Harry. Totally agree. And I love the story behind Order of the Phoenix and how... Voldemort does things to Harry, like kind of takes him out, all of this stuff. But it's for me serious that makes this book. And I think it's because of this chapter. Okay. I think it's because of this chapter. And and obviously I think we'll we'll get into that uh when we're ready to, to talk about it. But I, I just when as I was reading it and as I was thinking about it doing the notes and even right before we started, you know, hitting the record button on this podcast, I was like, you know, this book gets it, and uh, I'm in on that. So, so yeah, I, I love this book, man. I love this book. I love. I know it's not one of the most favorite books of of uh, the the Harry fandom, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're all wrong if you don't like this book the most. I love it. Yeah. Um. So, um. You know, it's funny because you like things that I don't necessarily like, and and vice versa, mm-hmm. and um. It's not that I don't like this book. I agree with you. I just hate I hate feeling the feels that we have because it makes me uncomfortable sometimes for them. So we're, of course, here in Chapter 6, which is the noble and most ancient house of black. The noble and most ancient house of black. Sorry. <laughs> um, Snape might refer to their work as cleaning, but in Harry's opinion, they were really waging war on the house, which was putting up a very good fight, aided and abetted by Creature. The house elf kept appearing wherever they were congregated, his muttering becoming more and more offensive as he attempted to remove anything he could from the rubbish sacks. Sirius went as far as to threaten him with clothes, but Creature fixed him with a watery stare and said, Master must do as Master wishes. Before turning away and muttering very loudly, but Master would not turn Creature away. No, because Creature knows what they're up to. Oh, yes, he is plotting against the Dark Lord. Yes, with these mudbloods and traitors and scum. Love it. <laughs> love just, it. I just loved that passage because I'm like, that's the chapter. They're cleaning a lot. The house is giving them a run for their money. Creature's just being a little nasty and say, sneaking things off. Oh, but there's so much explains- more. 
I know, but I just loved that oh, bit. Okay. Oh, I'm oh, just you mean saying, the plot like, of it, the yeah, plot. Okay, I just yeah. love that that one paragraph because I'm like, that's the chapter. You need <laughs> that, a chapter recap. That sums it that's all up. That's it. <laughs> They're cleaning the house. The house is fighting back, and uh, creatures just muttering stuff under his breath the entire time. <laughs> uh, and Sirius is just being crabby. Serious. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, of course, friends, we want to thank you. So incredibly much for those of you who have joined in sharing a little um, Lumos for us by becoming a member at jointhenerdclan.com. Those are our patrons. You can join for as little as $2 a month. Um, a lot of friends there are reaping the benefits of getting our early access to Queen Charlotte episodes mm-hmm. and other fun things that we have going on. Oh, like succession, so, knee-jerk reactions, yes. even, though, even though succession is over. And it's like an adult show, so some of our friends here may not watch it or may not feel like watching a sad show, just like myself, who is an adult who doesn't like it. <laughs> but there are a lot of added benefits there. So if we bring you Lumos in your time of Knox, please feel free to head on over to jointhenerdclan.com. And if you are a member there, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you more than Creature loves Mr. Black's trousers. Oh, well, <laughs> that's saying something. That's a high bar. I mean, we're not going to snog you, but we love you. <laughs> we love you that much. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the show. You're welcome. I this went episode has taken a turn. You're welcome, friends. <laughs> I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Guess what? This chapter takes place the same day as the previous chapters. In case you are like, wow, it really does. Yes, it just keeps on going. It starts there um, and just keeps on going because they're doing lots of cleaning and getting ready before Harry's hearing. Um, Basically, (sighs) the house is being nasty, friends. It's just throwing all the dark tricks, sticky portraits. The doorbell causes a chain of domino reaction that you do not want to have to listen to. And this, is, this goes on for the better part of a week. They're cleaning out the house and Sirius teaches Harry a bunch of things in his family tree. And the kids are just trying to help Molly, who just keeps giving him sandwiches. I wonder what kind of sandwiches wizards eat. And that's it. Lots of snacks. I feel like they're like a cucumber of, and cream cheese kind of I mean, do you think people. that that's what Harry Potter would eat? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah, he's, he's, he's British. I feel like they want, like, they eat all that weird sandwich. stuff over there. I feel like you want roast beef. Then it's not weird to them. They think what we eat's weird, probably. Well, that's fine. But no, no, no matter. I ain't British. I'm American. So we hang out. We learn a lot about what's happened in the black household. Yes. In the black family and all that kind of stuff. Oh, man. I love, love, love this chapter. And Mary, like you said, not for the reason that hey, they're just cleaning the house and the house is fighting back and like, <laughs> and Mrs. Weasley is going around get, giving sandwiches and trying to make sure that the uh, that the kids don't talk about the weapon, that they don't talk about anything that they've learned about. Like she is trying to take control over the whole thing, which by the way, before mm-hmm. we get into the discussion that I want to talk about, Mary, I <laughs> I want to ask your opinion about okay. about Molly and how she is reacting with the kids and trying to keep it all under wraps and the whole deal. Would you have the same reaction as Molly Weasley? Yep. How come? What do you mean, being protective? Well, 
Yeah, but like a little bit overly so, wouldn't you say? I don't know. Harry Potter was attempted to be murdered by Voldemort when he was one year old. That sucks. Oh, guess what? Harry Potter was attempted to be murdered by Voldemort when he was 11, and her son was caught in the crossfire. I don't know. Voldemort possessed her daughter when she was 11 (laughs) for a year. Oh, let's not forget that uh, Harry Potter dealt with the true traitor, Peter Pettigrew, who was her son's rat for like, what, 11 years? A rat was really Peter Pettigrew living in her house for her entire lifetime of her child. Not great, Bob. Nope, nope, nope. Their teacher was a werewolf, which maybe they knew. Probably not. That was kind of weird. But now he's their friend. Probably weird. And then last year, Voldemort came back, killed Cedric Diggory, who is pretty much like the Tom Brady of uh, Hogwarts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you dare besmirch the there. good name of Tom Brady. I just went there, okay? He's pretty much the Hufflepuff, but nicer and not controversial version Tom of Brady Tom is Brady no Hufflepuff. Of, of Hogwarts. Killed him. Goodbye. Voldemort's back. And their teacher there wasn't really their teacher. So. Not great, Bob. You know, (laughs) I'm not loving this as Molly Weasley. Uh And her older kids are involved. She's not saying none of her kids are getting involved. Mm -hmm. She's saying that adults can do this. But you know what, kids? Your track record sucks. (laughs) One kid got possessed. Ron keeps like tagging along and almost getting killed by chess pieces and other random things i'm all set with this molly weasley Uh, is a nervous wreck and all she wants to do is just protect her kids and give them some sandwiches (laughs) so you know had she not had that track record might be a different story sure she sees harry as her own kind of want to protect this guy (laughs) the less you know the better because you know what these little rag, she knows these little ragamuffins, the moment they get off to Hogwarts, they get into trouble. Mm-hmm. As McGonagall says, why is it always you three? <laughs> always. So she knows if I could just protect them for like five more days, mm-hmm. okay? One month more, she has to, he has to get to the ministry hearing. And that's the other thing. She doesn't want him bippity boppity booing and getting any more trouble with the ministry. Fair. Okay, just calm down. But isn't there something to be said, though? Harry's already run away and got stuck on the night bus. (laughs) She just, she's, she's responsible for these kids for one more month. Yes. It's, it's one more month of less trouble. Yeah. I would be doing the same thing. I would be like, you know, Arthur, I don't care. I don't care if I'm a little strict. I don't, I don't even care. These, all of these children are my responsibility. You think Sirius is helping? I'm doing my different perspective right now. You think Sirius is helping? <laughs> he freaking sucks. You want to know what he's doing? Hold on. Holy cricket. You're Harry Potter. He is. Well, you get to let it play. And you are. Okay, go ahead. I'm Molly Weasley. All right, Molly, what do you I've got? I've had, I can't even wait. I can't even wait. I don't even have a talk therapist. I tried to listen to Michael Phelps, <laughs> but he's a muggle. Okay? I just need Michael. someone to talk to. Michael Phelps. Just need someone to talk to. Yeah, he has that better health thing or something. I don't even know. I don't even get to have that. I don't even get to have that. All that I get Michael is my little Phelps. Gilderoy Lockhart when I open my book on how to clean the house. At least he tells me I'm beautiful and I'm doing a good job and I'm worthy of self-care. Free of charge. 
free of charge okay <laughs> because Sirius who you think would be like the other adult this is his house oh my god he is revenge feeding Buckbeak you wanna know what he's feeding Buckbeak every What's day it? rats rats R-A-T-S why oh I don't know Peter Pettigrew got a problem with him so he's going out finding rats he's setting rat traps and rat bait we, you think that nobody's just getting the extra rats here no he's getting them because he wants to kill all the rats thinking maybe he'll get Peter I'm so sick of this so I've got a giant Buckbeak pooping eating rats i can't even handle this so we've got him we've got poor lupin you know it's his time of the month i just i feel for him i feel for him nobody else gets it but your time of the month we get it we have little like cheetahs arthur arthur's got his hands full and he's gotten into like oh he's gotten into some sudoku some muggle thing that's sudoku to like help him with his problems so he's sitting with numbers doing muggle things three of my kids they're adults percy's a mess Fred and George, oh, they don't think I know that they keep putting doxies in their pants. What the heck is wrong with these kids? Why do you want doxies in your pants? You want them to nip your bits? Stop it! They're idiots. Oh my God. I can't, I can't, I can't. Harry Potter has no mom and dad. I've taken that kid in under my wing. I'm trying everything I can not to get this, killed on, this kid killed on my watch. Kids are crazy. Why did they send Harry here? Why couldn't he just stay with his aunt and uncle in the little muggle house with the protections? Why haven't they told him yet? Give me one more kid. Why? I've got my twins putting ducksies in their pants. You think I need Harry Potter on my list of responsibilities? Michael Phelps, help me! <laughs> Alright, everybody, I'll see you next week. <laughs> no, I am totally on Molly Weasley's side right now. Oh, man. 100%. She's trying to love on them through her food. She's trying to clean because that will help her with her anxiety. Oh, my God. This poor thing. Mary, nip what? your bits. That's what I would have thought. She thinks they're crazy. Uh, I mean, what that would is, you think? That's our new shirt. <laughs> That and Michael Phelps, I need help. <laughs> oh man! But I do actually have um, a real theory on that. Not on- <sighs> not only do I feel like everything I said is true, but we have something very important. How can we recover from that, Mavin? I'm going to tell you how. We can't. We can't. The locket. The show. This is all the locket's fault. Oh, lest we yes, forget yes. that when you are around a Horcrux, what yes. does it do? Makes you crazy, makes, makes you, you crabby, makes you terrible. All these people are just in this house with this locket, mm-hmm. nonstop. And then they all go and they try to open it, some really heavy locket that nobody can open. You think that that locket, while each person tried to open it, made them feel good? No, Michael Phelps, it did not. <laughs> Why don't you talk through that? <laughs> yeah, talk through a horcrux that we don't even know is a horcrux. So you know they just pass it around. How do you open this? I don't know. How do you open it? I don't know. Aloha Mora? Yeah, we already tried that, Hermione. <laughs> so it's Good idea, Hermione. And, and like poor creature has been with this horcrux now for a decade. Does it, over, does over it affect, does it affect yes, him? Yes, I 100% think so. Why do you think it affects I think the horcrux affects, think affects everybody. Elves. I think it affects everyone. Let's give it. Let's give him a benefit of the doubt, and that's part of the reason he's so curmudgeonly. He's been trying to open this locket since Regulus told him to open it and get rid of it, and he has been trying. Bless his sweet little crotchety heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when he meets Harry Potter, he's like, "How did you defeat him? He really means that. How did you do it?" 
Can I tell you a little secret? You see this? What if he like went and he's like, oh, Harry, let's see if you can figure out how to open this locket. And people thought he was being sarcastic, but mm-hmm. really he was like, if anyone can do it, it's Harry. It's uh, it's Harry freaking Potter. That That's who it is. I'm Harry freaking Potter. I'm just gonna let you keep going, Mary. I'm just, just keep going. I, you just asked me. You you came at me like Shimon. Whoa, 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 whoa! Heard- time okay. out, time okay. out, time out. I did okay. not say that. Okay. I asked you a very simple question, which is, would you react the same? And 15 <laughs> minutes later, I think we, <laughs> I think we have yes. the answer is yes. The answer is 100 percent yes. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering, nip your bits. <laughs> Michael Phelps, I need your help. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree with Molly. I'm not saying like it was handled super well, but I'm just saying all these people have some Horcrux juice and uh, we just need to be forgiving of them all. So, I well, Mary, let me ask you uh, a serious question about, but I'm prompting. <laughs> about Molly's actions. And isn't there something to be said of the fact that the kids they're going to be the way that they are, right? They're going to talk and they're going to do stupid stuff and they're going to refer to the weapon, right? They, they refer to it, you know, like, you know, as, as an actual weapon of violence, right? Like, and, and not considering the idea that perhaps that weapon is information or that weapon is knowledge or wisdom or, you know, anything of those, anything of that ilk. For Molly to be as controlling as she is, don't you think that it's a little hopeless? It's worth trying, Blake. It is worth trying. Okay, fair, fair. All right, you got the book open. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you're ready and ready. No, I'm to not. Go. I'm not. I'm just like reading up on it because, yeah, I feel bad for her. She's really stressed out, and the best she can do is try. Just like any of us parents, the best we can do is say, "Don't, don't do dumb stuff." Okay, yeah. don't do drugs. Don't don't drink. Don't be dumb. Please go to sleep on the night before your exam. Right. You know, don't hang out with the bad kids. Don't eat plastic. Don't eat plastic. That that's a saying that we have here in House Larson. Don't eat plastic. <laughs> we were watching some documentary. Uh, what was it? It was, it was about ducks or no, something. Blake, it was about the plastics that is in our oceans and how it's <laughs> ruining our ocean life, which I take very seriously, friends. Yes, you do. I take it very seriously. I care about our animal welfare. I care about the oceans deeply. Um, and it was this whole thing about how like microplastics break down and about these poor sea life that don't know any better and they eat it and how much plastic is inside our sea life. And so they showed a picture of like an obvious piece of plastic and a fish eating it. And Blake went, well, then don't eat plastic. (laughs) Like that's the solution. Go tell all the fish. Just don't eat plastic. plastic. (laughs) And so... It gave me a moment of humor and levity because obviously you can't just tell fish not to eat plastic. Unless you're Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Where's Jason Momoa when we need him? Oh, goodness. So it, his hair. Whenever, whenever we have something that someone does something stupid or says something stupid. But we're not really faulting the fish. This is a human problem. We yes, say, like, don't eat plastic. Yes. But our kids have no idea why we say it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, like... Mary does, was disgusted when I said I was. that. <laughs> it's okay, though. Now it's a thing. You know, obviously, are they, they are going to talk about it. Part of me feels like, too, that she just wants them to go to bed. This is the first, like, when this is happening, when she first says, don't say anything, mm-hmm. Harry still just got there, and he needs some night-night. 
Yes. Night night's important. Okay, and let's be real. There's a horcrux in here people don't know about, so Molly probably knows everyone's tired and crabby, and one of the best things you can do, when you're not doing well emotionally, what are you supposed to do, friends? Sleep. Sleep and eat. Mm -hmm. So what does Molly try to do? Tell the kids to sleep, sleep and, and she feeds them. So I think that she's doing the best she can. She took notes from Michael Phelps. You got to get some good sleep. Got to make sure you're eating healthy. And she's like, that's the best I can do. Got one more month. <laughs> um, and she just want them to have nightmares. I mean, it doesn't help because Harry obviously has nightmares. Harry has all the nightmares. No, but he does in this one too. He goes to sleep and uh, he dreams about um, creepy things. He dreams about creepy stuff. Like in Hagrid and made up monsters and all this stuff. And he dreams about the, the hallway for the Ministry of Magic and Mysteries. Uh, but he doesn't, the room, you know what I mean? He just doesn't know what he's doing. So, so sad. Mary, I, we've, we've asked this question a lot and I have to ask it again, which is, I, I think we've kind of sussed out that the author knew what a Horcrux was mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think we've kind of sussed out that she has at least um, circled around the idea that the locket is a horcrux by this point, right? Because it's a very specific mention, and then for the locket to be what it is later on in the books, mm -hmm. that's either some really great luck or really good planning. Right. And I would like to think that the author has it under control. Right. Because it's at this point in the books that I feel like the rest of the narrative, like the, the structure of the narrative and the important parts of the narrative are already in place. Right. Because this book sends us down that path. Mm -hmm. Without this book, you can't like you cannot get to the conclusion that we got in book seven. You just can't do it. Right, like you can have the first four books and like have that be its own enclosed story and have it make sense, but you cannot have seven without five and without five. You just can't have it. So I'd like to think that the author has this planned. However, you brought up a great point, which is the locket is there, and it is a horcrux. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it is making everyone mad. Do you think at this point the author knows that Horcruxes do have that effect on people? Or do you think that was an affectation of book seven? I would say she knew now. Okay. And just there's so much, in general, dark magic stuff in here. Who knows? Maybe even the blacks put some kind of weird curse on it. Yeah, it's called generational abuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean, that, that's fair. That is fair. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's an, it's, it's an interesting question, and it's, it's something that we should think about as we move forward, right? Because, again, knowing what we know from Book 7, that there is an effect of Horcruxes on people. Or is it localized to just the locket, right? Mm. Because you know we had we had the the ring right the 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 ring that Dumbledore had did that make anybody super mad did like the diadem was lost so we don't we aren't able to know that uh, the diary 
that didn't make anybody mad necessarily or give them poor emotions. It just took over Ginny. But that didn't have the effect, right? Like when Harry was writing in the diary in book two, he wasn't like, oh, screw all these people. Like he wasn't upset, right? I don't know. I'll have to go back and look through it. Okay, but I can. You know what you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm I'm just saying, like, is that a thing? That's is it is it localized to just the locket, mm-hmm. or is that an affectation of book seven, or did she just not know at this point? I don't know, Blake. It's an interesting question. It it's something an that we should keep question. an eye on moving forward. Yeah, that's all. That, you that, can that. definitely. That's a good idea. Yeah, <clears throat> it's something that we should you know look towards. I don't know. We've got all these doxies hanging out inside mm-hmm. the House of Black and. Interestingly nip enough. Nipping bits. Nipping bits. Stuffing <laughs> it on your pants. Um, Mrs. Weasley uses Gilderoy Lockhart's book to help get rid of these pests. You need doxyside. Free And it's so funny because like <clears throat> she obviously had all these books. You know, mm-hmm. she was a big fan of Gilderoy Lockhart. How could you not be? And honestly. The man's perfect. And like his books are probably perfect because remember he stole these ideas from others. So, you know, I've had a couple of people say like, why would she still use this book when he was a fraud? The stuff was still legit. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's not good anymore. Now, if he was there to get rid of the doxies, would he have remembered all this? Would he have been able to do it? Probably not. But he stole these ideas from other people who actually knew what they were doing. So Mm -hmm. it is okay that she's still using this book. She's referencing information, not the person. Yes. Although I'm sure that she still has a little bit of a soft spot for good old Gilderoy. Who wouldn't? Gilderoy Lockhart's Guide to Household Pests. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's interesting, of course, you know, these little things, they fly around, their teeth are poisonous, and they squirt them with doxyside, um, and that paralyzes them. And then you get to throw them in a bucket when they're done. (laughs) So what I don't understand is why can you use spells on say pixies to help mm-hmm. get rid of them but you need to use doxyside on doxies oh interesting part of me wonders if it's because of the underage wizardry situation that with all these underage wizards you know she wouldn't want them bibbity bobbity booing because harry got in all this problem and i'm kind of wondering like are these household pests something that have become immune to spells and you need to use a doxyside on it Oh. That maybe there are things that spells don't always work on and something just like, like think about how annoying fleas are, how much oh. we have evolved as a situ- as a civilization mm-hmm. and yet we still have issues with fleas and here in the Northeast we still have massive issues with ticks. Yep. You know, people are still getting bit and getting Lyme disease and all this kind of stuff. What good do ticks serve? They don't. That's what I'm saying. Like what? They're pests. What do they just do? Just like doxies. That's why I'm saying like maybe when they're just little pests, they just keep coming back at you no matter how much magic you have. Mm. Because you'd think that there could be a spell that's, you know, Molly could go in there and say bippity bobbity bye bye doxies mm-hmm. and they'd go away. But you can't. You have to use doxyside. And it made me think of fleas and ticks. Interesting. Interesting. Right, and you got to spray. You got to wear the collars. You got to do medicine, and still they find their way in. They're like doxies. <laughs> but also, I wondered if there was a spell. If there was a spell, and she didn't want the young wizards doing it, I feel like she would have given them the doxy side, and she would have bitty boppity booed. Like I, to me, I feel like is she doing this because this is non wand weaving, and it won't get them in trouble. 
is she doing this because this is the long way of doing it and it takes more time. Yeah. But on the flip side, by the amount of terrible things in this house, I feel like there would have been more than enough things for them to do had she been able to bippity-boppity-boo them away. So I feel like doxies are the fleas and ticks and you can't use your wand on Well, them. it kind of reminds me of what my dad used to do for me, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, I grew up on on job sites and, you know, people, you know, building buildings and doing the whole thing. And, and I would want to help my dad and my dad would be over there doing the same stuff as, as, as the crew members. And I'm like, dad, I want to do this. And dad, I want to help you with that. And he'd be like, all right, yeah, great. He would take a two by four mm-hmm. and he would he'd give me a set of nails. Mm-hmm. Be like, listen, listen, I need you to hammer these nails into this two by four. That's what I need you to do. That's going to that's going to help me a lot. So you give me this big two by four and he'd give me like a set of like 20 nails and he'd just say, okay, hammer away. And I'd hammer these stupid friggin' nails into this board. For no reason. For no reason. I, I kind of get the, hey, go hammer these nails feeling yeah. from Molly. But on the flip side, that's what I'm saying. Like if this is the last thing to clean up and there wasn't a whole house of chaos, I would agree. This would be her way to stall them for a month. Well, let's, let's, let's look at the opposite then, right? I think that it's, they're the equivalent of fleas and ticks. What if... What if they are the equivalent of fleas and ticks, right? Mm-hmm. However, the other stuff in the house is way worse. Yeah. And the kids can't, the kids either should not be involved with the cleaning of that mm-hmm. stuff or can't be involved because of X, Y, and Z reasons, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So which do you think is more prevalent in that action? I don't know what the question is. Meaning, do you, which do you think is a more prevalent reason? Like either... It's just busy work and see you later, or there's just that's what you can do. I think it's what they can do, yeah, and okay. it is a big problem. Like okay. weeding, sure. The more hands on deck, like these weeds are taking over. We need we need all hands on deck to take care of this problem, and it's safe enough for the children. But don't talk while you're doing it. Just be silent. No, just and don't talk nails. about the. <laughs> <laughs> just don't talk about the obvious issue. Well, how could you not? Voldemort's back, yeah. and they're talking about weapons. You know, I, I don't want my kids talking about scary stuff. That's true. Fair. So I'll set with that. Um, we, we get a moment of levity, and we get Fred and George talking oh, about their yes. skiving snack boxes, which once again, whenever anyone says, like, who would you marry? I would I would marry one of the twins. Um, they're brilliant. They're bloody brilliant. And they are willing to take chances oh. and vomit and have all these issues, um, and they're tr- tying everything on themselves. They're smart enough to do a mail order service because their mom doesn't get the Daily Profit because the Daily Profit <laughs> trashes Harry Potter. I just absolutely love it. And I love that Harry, you know, is checking in on them on – on how their business is going because of course he gave them the the money from the triwizard tournament mm-hmm. um so i loved that little like callback and for him to have this extra interest i love that he has different relationships with a lot of the the weasleys that are his own you know like ron doesn't even know this his best friend he didn't tell his best friend hey i gave your brothers because you know ron would be jealous <laughs> you, you couldn't give me 50 I know, you what gave are we them doing? a thousand, <laughs> and you left me with those gross dress robes. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting to me that he that Harry is able to have these personal relationships and check in on them. Yeah. And just also going to show you because this is the this is the twins' last year at Hogwarts. <clears throat> um, after this, they leave yes. just so that they can go on their own adventures and in their own business stuff. So I just think it's really neat that we get to see the beginning of the um, the. Skiving snack boxes. Right yeah, there. I love the fact that Fred and George are willing to do what it takes 
and it shows you like you've gotten these snippets throughout the books but this is one of those next level things like you know they in order to get the money in book four they took it upon themselves to uh to try to break the the little uh charm that dumbledore had around the 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 stupid what's it called Try Wizard Cup, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they got they got de- they got aged up, right? And then they, they've done things. They've gambled. They've they've made little products and sold it to other members of the Hogwarts. They they've done all these things to try to create their own life, and then they've done it together. And this is the next big step for them, and they're willing to do it to themselves in order to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. It's a huge thing that says a lot about them. And it gives you actual texture to that, to those characters that they, that shows you again that they're real people. And I and I'd love to know why Mary you think they are so intent on doing what they're doing. Um, because I can't. I think they have an entrepreneurial spirit. I think that they've always been outside thinkers, and. I'm happy that they have each other to cheer each other on because they're always going against the grain Mm -hmm. and yet they still have that drive to say, no, we're willing to take these chances. We're willing to try this out. We see value in this. Mm -hmm. And for all these years to say like, we see value in a joke shop. We see value in these kind of puking candies and they're right. And so you always, you know, all different entrepreneurs who come up with completely wild ideas have to go through that. I mean, heck, we went through that when we were like, we're going to start nerdy book and TV show podcasts. And, you know, our families all didn't know what the heck we were doing, you know. (laughs) And so I think, I think especially when you do, when you have a partner, whether it's a sibling, a friend, a partner that you're with romantically, whoever it is, who you get to go through a journey like this with, who gets to cheer you on, whether they're doing it with you or at least they're they're able to be your sounding board and cheer you on, I think it really helps. Yeah, and it shows that they find value in themselves, right? Like that—that's a big deal too. I mean, we were we were joking about Michael Phelps and 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 having good mental health, but I mean, it's it's true. Uh, having Finding value in yourself along with, I mean, if you're married, right? Like, that's a big deal. Uh, But, I mean, if you have a brotherly relationship or a sisterly relationship and finding value in in that relationship is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Especially when you come from a family of very um, menial means, okay? Mm -hmm. And you have to deal with the likes of Charlie and Bill and then you have Percy, who is on an entirely another level, doing his own thing. Yeah. And then you have the favorite, uh, that being Ginny, obviously. Uh, and then you kind of like, you have Ron there, but he's friends with Harry freaking Potter. Uh, so like, how can you really compete with that? I'm Harry freaking Potter! They're finding value in themselves, and they're creating their own value, despite what their mother is trying to stop them from doing Mm -hmm. interesting it's just it's 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 an interesting dynamic yeah i like that you can again you can read between the lines here for these characters and see actual texture Mm. um they there's a theory Mm -hmm. that fred and george 
we're up to mischief even more so with these doxies and doxy eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cormac McLaggen uh, tries out in the sixth year yep. for um, for the Quidditch team, as we all know, yep. for the keeper position. And he's really good. And Harry ends up saying like, hey, buddy, like, why didn't you try out last year in our fifth year when, when Ron gets it? Um, and he says that he ate a bunch of doxy eggs on a bet and was too sick to play. And so some people think that it was Fred and George who did it. Also knowing that it could like help out Ron in the end to get sure. the keeper position. Well, so and especially given their history with betting, yes, you you could easily make that <laughs> jump. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, so it's not like written in the thing, but you you can connect the dots starting here. That's My father like- will hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Marvin, I I, I kind of want to talk about what I really love about this chapter. Unless you have anything else that is uh, pertinent to anything else. No. Okay. Just that Ginny's awesome. We get mentions of like how you can't really judge things based upon size Mm -hmm. and how she's got crazy awesome hexes and then how they're like listening to this box that makes them fall asleep and she's the one that has the knowledge to make it stop. Just, I love that Ginny is becoming like really awesome and tough. Uh, for me, you know, uh, last night I was, I was, um, reading a study. I was reading, uh, and, and watching a study about the character Galadriel in Rings of Power. And she is one of the reasons why that a lot of critics thought that Rings of Power was kind of a flop in that first season. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the second season. By the way, if you like Rings of Power, go to uh, maryandblake.com and, uh, and and listen to Rings of Power with Mary and Blake. But they brought up, in the study, there was a couple of characteristics that were brought up in Galadriel that I think are the reason why that character probably isn't the best character or the best written character. And I, many of you probably don't know who she is or what I'm talking about, but you will understand the basics. You will understand the framework. And that is, she, she didn't have a real struggle. Like, there was no motivation behind what she chose to do. She simply did things because that's what the story needed her to do. And at the same time, there was no... Um, she didn't have a motivation and she didn't have a struggle. She didn't fight against This is anything. what the study says. Yeah, this is what the study is saying. And it, it makes sense, right? Because the, the idea of when you can relate to someone, it may not be like you, we can't relate to being a wizard, right? We just can't relate to it. Just like we can't relate to being an elf in the Lord of the Rings or Rings of Power. Right? We don't have that all-encompassing knowledge. We don't have that magical ability. We don't live for thousands of years. But the framework of every story that you can relate to is something simple and easy that you can see similarities. Right, And that, in the end, for any drama or for any story, is relationships and and how you deal with struggle. 
and how, why you do certain things that you do, right? I bring this all up because what we're given for serious, in my estimation, addresses both of these concerns very specifically. And that's why I think Sirius is probably one of the most generally and widely held and widely loved characters in all of Harry Potter. Elaborate. Let's look at the motivation and let's look at the struggle that Sirius has, right? The motivation behind what he does is more than just, oh, James was my best friend and I hate my family. It, it's like this is his version of his own family. And he struggles with himself and the, 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 the idea that he did wrong or he let James down. And he has to make up for that. And he also struggles with the idea that he's a little stunted by going into Azkaban for all that long. Mm -hmm. And he has to find something to hold on to in his life. I mean, he's stuck in this house. They will not let him leave. And this house is the harbinger of all that is bad, right, in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's burned off of a wall along with Tonks' mother, right? That is a huge struggle to live and to fight against. And the motivation that he has to make things right and to take care of Harry, but also to kind of uh, live his own life now and understand where he's going and, and take back his, his authority and take back his, his agency, right? It, he wants all of those things, and, and he's, he's not allowed to have it. It's tremendous, and it's all laid out by this chapter. It's all laid out by this chapter, hmm. right? Imagine having your mother burn your portrait off of her wall, right? First of all, let's just talk about the dynamic there, right? Clearly, the mother is a mess, yes. right? And and the fact that he has to go live with the Potters to begin with is also a mess. And then imagine thinking, oh my God, my whole family was a bunch of Slytherins and here I am being a Gryffindor. Imagine how excited he must be when he is made a Gryffindor or he becomes a Gryffindor, but then the dread of knowing that he has to go home and tell his family and his mother, especially. He's really pumped to tell them. Yeah, but uh, but imagine that though, like also knowing at the same time you're going to have to deal with this lady. There is something there, I think, that a, a kid that is 11 years old wouldn't yeah. want to do. Right? Like, how fascinating. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love this chapter because right off the jump, in chapter six, we get a clarification on struggle and motivation, and it helps put into perspective 
why he has done what he has done throughout all of the time that we've known him so far. Like, think of what we've known of Sirius up until this point. He was a friend of James. He is Harry's godfather. And he can turn into a dog. And he was in jail. And he was in jail. That's about it. That's about it. And okay. it's not to say that he was a flat and He was cool. Tar- he had a motorcycle. Yeah, but like, whatever. Yeah, like he's got a motorcycle. Okay. Like, what does that say? About- it doesn't say anything about you. Right? Like, but now we get that. And I think this is the reason why the book works. Because later on, when, you know, obviously this is a spoiler podcast. So, okay, that, that is what it is. Later on, when, when Sirius dies, we feel that. We feel that because we can relate to that. And not only can we relate to, to Sirius and that struggle and his motivation, mm-hmm. but we can relate to Harry and what Harry wants and how those two things play off of each other. It is a brilliantly written relationship by the author. I, I don't think you can do better. Right? I'm, hey, I'm a fan of these books, man. So No, I know. But like, just as a character, it, it just, it really works. And, yeah. and I, I bet, you can trace back all of the love for Sirius back to this chapter. Okay. I bet. Like I, I would put the the house. And part of on me it. thinks too, if like people like yourself who've had outs with their family. I mean, heck, like let's just be real. There mm-hmm. are no pictures of you in some of your family households. You know, like you have pretty much been burned out of family tapestries. So yes. have I. <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> some aspects. Yeah. So, um, no, through your family. I'm oh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, you know, I think because you can relate to it so tightly, and I feel like other people who may feel those struggles uh, where they feel like they are massive outsiders with their family, they must relate hardcore to Sirius. He's not one of my favorite characters, and even though I'm different than a lot of members in my family, he's not someone that I relate to in that way. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so... For you to relate to him and to say that this chapter is monumental in that because this is where we get to hear him and see him and understand these layers of him, I completely agree. Yeah, it. I mean, this is the first time that actually Sirius exists in a very <coughs> sharp, in a very sharpened perspective. In I, a v- yeah, I, I guess like for me, it's tough because we see Sirius treat creature so terribly. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and also, you know, obviously, Sirius is depressed. He's gone from one prison to another. He's like locked up now in Grimald Place. He doesn't get to do the things that he wants to do. Um, but there's a lot of icky feelings in this book. A lot of people are dealing with depression and difficulties and having to keep secrets. And that is difficult. So for someone like me, who I do like the wee Hogwarts, yeah. I love magic. So it's just hard uh, a bit for me. I don't fall in love with Sirius in this chapter. I'm not like, wow, I totally get him. And I'm like, he's my man. Um, because I do see him continue this treatment of creature whose creature is terrible, right? Like he's muttering terrible things under his breath the entire time. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't, Sorry, so I'm, I'm just saying that like I appreciate everything that you're saying because he's getting his reasons. He's getting his whys. It's allowing us as the readers to connect with at least and understand the troubles that he's going through. Yeah. Um, no, I, and I'm not suggesting that this is when everybody falls in love with Sirius. I'm saying that this chapter, I think, is the genesis of why we're able to love Sirius 
Okay. Right? Like, it's why we can see, why we can get a pathway. And and why, I mean, like, I mean, I I would say that, and maybe you disagree, and I would love to know if you do disagree, that Sirius is probably widely held as one of the most loved characters in Harry Potter. Is that fair to say? Part of me wonders if that's because of the movies. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Why would you say that? Because he's so good. In he is so his good little in the wings movies. and like. Oh. Gary Oldman is is just the best. Yeah. I mean, you, how could you, how could you not care? Right. I agree uh, about Sirius because of the films, and maybe that part of that is is colored is colored by the film, maybe. But I, I still think that this is the frame. That, again, I keep using that word framework, but I think that this is what it's built upon. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. We're also getting a lot of things for Creature in this chapter. Right. And it's really important to remember that Creature has lived in this house with these crazy portraits giving him orders mm-hmm. that he was happily working with this family. So Dobby, on the other sense, like did not enjoy working for the Malfoys. So I don't know if Creature was treated with more respect or if he just enjoyed being with the Blacks better. Part of me feels like he was given a bit more respect just by how he and Regulus's relationship was. So maybe even if it was just Regulus who treated him better, maybe Regulus treated him like a well-beloved dog. Yeah. Um, that I feel like Creature had some kind of care and compassion that he got somehow related to members of the black family tree. And so that is why he continues to do what he thinks they would have wanted. Um, It's important for us to know. So of course this is a spoilerific podcast. Creature goes with Voldemort. Voldemort takes creature with the Horcrux locket and hides it. Mm -hmm. And then creature goes home and tells Regulus, who of course was a death eater at this time. And Regulus is like, oh, my God, that's the way we got to stop it. So Regulus and Creature go and get the locket. And Regulus dies in that process Mm -hmm. because it's so terrible. And he tells Creature, you need to go home and you need to find a way to destroy it. Mm -hmm. And so Creature, as I said, has been with this terrible locket all this time, trying to find ways to destroy it. Um, And I think it's sad how... Sirius talks about his brother in this chapter where he says like, oh, yeah, he was a death eater, but then he decided he didn't want to be one and he was weak and either Voldemort or one of Voldemort's people killed him, but whatever. And I think that that's sad that, okay, yes, your family did bad things and Mm -hmm. they were terrible people and your brother was a death eater, but your brother changed and your brother saw that he was bad and tried to unbecome one. Sure. And And you don't have more pity for him or you don't have like i don't know i just feel like he came to the light you know like luke skywalker <laughs> he was pumped when his dad darth Vader, like finally came over to the light for that two minutes right and why do you speak about your brother who came to the light now obviously Sirius doesn't know that regulus went as far as to like get this horcrux right but you knew that he died because he ended up seeing the wrong of his ways yeah and this is a again i I think this is one of the things that makes Sirius a really well textured character right because it's a flaw yes right and that's awesome your character cannot be perfect at all times but i think that this is part of the reasons why i'm not he's not in my top top people i appreciate Sirius, but i think that he is an emotionally stunted grown man who has a lot of issues, bless his sweetheart, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not one of my favorites. 
Interesting. And I don't, obviously, I don't think he was put in environments where he could grow. You know, had he not been in jail all this time and had he not been now prisoned in this house where he has to relive. Because, you know, like when you're with people who hurt you for so long, yeah. you know, let's talk, you know, obviously his family mistreated him when he would come home until he, until he left. left and went to the potter's house. And let's think of that too. By the way, when you're that young and you decide, okay, I'm leaving. I can no longer be here. Yeah. Like That's that a takes a lot. Decision. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I know him now being back physically in that house where he had probably ver- verbal abuse from his family. Sure. Putting him down left and right. It doesn't make him want to speak well of his brother. But on the flip side, as I said, it makes me sad because he hasn't been able to have time and space and the ability to have that kind of growth to be like, wow, my brother grew up in the same household as me. Mm-hmm. Just like Draco Malfoy. I mean, we see it about Draco that like when you grow up in these houses, you know, it's sometimes hard for kids to choose the opposite direction i mean you couldn't just see him like how you could see draco regulus sure grew up this way thought it was the right thing to do ends up seeing wow this is bad i need to change my direction yeah i mean let's just take that into account mary i mean the fact of the matter is is that he kind of did grow up in a draco malfoy household yeah it's the noble and ancient houses of black like that is the title of this chapter for a reason, uh-huh. right? Like, uh, because, and it makes you wonder, right? If creature bought into the whole of wizard superiority and like, you know, specifically the way that he talks about Hermione and mudbloods and the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like does, does Creature speak that way because he's ordered to, or does he actually believe it? And and if know. that's the case, is he okay with being subservient the way, it, like, just because he's an elf, like, he is inherently less than? Does he believe that, or is he just going along to get along? No idea. I just think his poor little brain is mush by now. Well, that's what I'm getting at, yeah. right? And the fact that that Sirius has to live with that and and deal with this guy and and deal with creature the way that he is and has that have that as a reminder of all of the things that has kind of gone wrong in his life. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a major struggle. Mm. You know, that is a journey. Uh and I I I just think that's a that's a a really well characterized journey for for Sirius. Like I just I'm buying in. I know you are. I bought in. Good. Maybe because I'm emo too in my heart. Like my, you know, I wish the sun your was as black as my heart. So deep that I was trying to talk about creature, and you're talking about your love of Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. You're like, Fair. how can I pivot this to my one true love? <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness, I love you. Yeah, that's true. It's so true. <laughs> um, you know, of course they they talk about how they can't let creature go because he knows way too much. I just find it really interesting that. As I said, if you look through at the eyes when Creature meets Harry Potter and knowing that they all try to open the locket, mm. it just makes me think like what was going through his mind? Like maybe this is the hope. Maybe this is the person that can finally do the thing that I've been trying to do all these years. Mm. And, you know, watching them all open it, was he like hiding behind the tapestry to see like, can they do it? 
can like can Harry do it? Can mm. any of them do it? Like this was the thing I was charged with all this time. Yeah, and and given his love of Regulus, you mm-hmm. would think that like this is very serious. I do feel uncomfortable that he was snogging Mr. Black's pants. Yeah, that's it's why a, did she? A why did the much. author use that word? I don't know. Like, why couldn't you just be like cuddling? Or and I, I kind of want to just whistle or, like, past that have been graveyard a shirt or a handkerchief. <laughs> but snogging in this sense means making out. Yeah, gross. I just yeah, you know, maybe he made it into like a doll or something. <laughs> I don't even know. We're just gonna. And I love how he doesn't know that he's speaking all this time. It is just so brilliant. Just him murmuring. Beautiful. Because if we just heard what he spoke, we would have no idea the depth of (laughs) his craziness. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I love that he does this muttering. I think it's a really interesting aspect compared to, because we've had some elves. We've had Dobby. Sure. You know. um, Oh, we had, uh, what's her name? Winky. Yep. We had Winky. So it's just these different layers of them. And here he is one that does does like what he does. Um, Toujou Pure is the noble house, noble and most ancient house of blacks, um, which is, I think, like, It's on the family tapestry. Yeah, it's on their tapestry. Yeah. Um, It means always pure. Yeah. So that's, yeah, good for you. Good for you. And we go through all the ser- the Sirius's family tree, finding out that everybody here is a pure wizard is somehow related. Very, very yes. small world. Harry is interested and kind of shocked by all this. Um, Which also, it, again, that, that gives you some cool world building too, right? Mm-hmm. All these pure families, they're all attached at the hip somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is the Weasleys somehow related you know, to the blacks, or if it's Tonks' mother is related to the black, like the, it shows you that the world is small for them, uh, and I, I love the fact that there, there's a, there's a, what happens to Sirius in this small world, and what happens to Tonks' mother is such a great, um dichotomy right because the mother burns Sirius off of the tapestry Mm -hmm. yet the irony is that he inherits the house right like and just because she burns him off that doesn't mean he's gone right like you as a parent you just choose to forget about your kid like it's crazy Yet at the same time, Sirius doesn't have to admit to himself or to the world that just because, you know, his mother's blood is running through his veins, that they're okay with each other and that they can exist in the same world. You know, like, he doesn't have to be what his mother wanted him to be. Uh, and and the same thing goes for Tonks' mother, too. Like, for her to get just get burned off because she, her, her mother decided... I'm going to go marry the person that I love, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it, that too, in and of itself shows that love is far more important than family bond. It's far more important than blood. I love that. I, yeah. I love this chapter. Like, it, <laughs> Oh my God. I love this chapter. Uh, we get all of the screaming going on from the portrait. I love the fact that the house is fighting back in different ways. Mm-hmm. Just all the different curses and it goes to show you also the, um, 
just the intelligence that Sirius's dad had when he was putting on all these enchantments that these like top level wizards who come and stay here for the Order of the Phoenix, they can't get rid of them very easily. So right. it's just an interesting bit. Um, Dumbledore comes in the middle of the night. Oh, we get uh, we get Bellatrix Lestrange, and Harry remembers a little bit about her. Yep. Um, but we get that Dumbledore stopped by, didn't see Harry. Mm-hmm. Harry's miffed about that. Who could blame him? Right? Um, and then we get the little mention of, okay, tomorrow, by the way, is your day that you're going to the Ministry of Magic for your right. hearing. Right. Uh, one question for you, Mary, but before I forget to ask, why do you think they kept Sirius in that house? Like, why do you think Dumbledore is so adamant that he stay there? Um... I'm serious as a wanted man still. Yeah, but so I feel like if he gets found, it's automatic Dementor's kiss. Thank you very much. I think that Sirius flies off the handle. And, you know, had he not already been this house under the watchful eye of all the order, when he heard of the Dementor thing, he probably would have gone as Fluffy and gone to go see Harry, even sure. though he was told not to. I just think Sirius is too brash to not be able to be trusted to like go out. And they just don't want that. They don't want any excess a possible people finding out what's going on and finding 12 Grimwald Place. They don't like Buckbeak out. They don't let the owls out mm-hmm. because they, they're afraid that too many owls swooping around is going to cause interest. So um, I just don't think that it's safe for Sirius to travel. I just don't. And with the Dementors already running around in little winging, whinging, like, mm-hmm. who knows if there's Dementors just flying around Grimwald Place. Sure. Looking for Sirius Black. So now that they know they can't even trust where the Dementors are, I would definitely keep Sirius locked down. Fair. Fair. And you said it yourself, Mary, right, right then and there. He's too brash. Yeah. And, and he's too... Intense. Let's put it he that way. He didn't get to have a proper adult grow up period. You mm-hmm. know, he was thrown in jail right away. And you see this sometimes with people who get adulthood thrust upon them early, whether it's through marriage or having a child or a death in their family, and they have to step up and take in an adult role way too young. Sometimes they they have to mature up so quickly, or they miss that bit that they act out later on in life. Sure. And so. Sirius didn't get that. Yep. All right. I, I like it. You know why you, you know why you know that? Good characterization. Oh, there you go. Good characterization. There you go. And that is the key. Why to did Sirius relating. not uh when Harry said, Hey, can I stay with you if I'm expelled? Why did Sirius not say yes? That's a great question. Yeah. Because Sirius was the one to jump and be like, hey, why don't you come stay with me back yeah. in book three? Maybe he mo- maybe he just knows more now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, maybe he has more information from Dumbledore concerning the charm that Dumbledore put on the Dursley house. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe... But they still just won't tell Harry. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the other thing that maybe he's struggling with, too. Here's a struggle that he could be, he could really be facing maybe he really wants to live with harry right maybe he really does know that harry being with him not only serves harry the best but himself the best right in in both of those ways Mm -hmm. but he's stuck to that house and he cannot let harry succumb or be object uh, subjected to 
the same treatments that he was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's a like talk about struggle. Right. And 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 just a a basic need for family, yet you're not able to have it. Who can't relate to that? Like who can't relate to having something or not having something that you truly need? Right. Or it's not just that you want, but you need to survive. Right. It it that's a that's a great struggle. I agree. So. So that's why you think. Yeah, that's why I think. Awesome. Interesting stuff. It is. Good. Characterization. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mavi, you got anything else uh, that you'd like to talk about in this uh, chapter? No, that's it. All right, we got some emails. Here we go. Oh, mail's here. All right, this one comes from Charlotte. She says, on the day that I'm writing this email is the day after my 12th birthday. <gasps> oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Charlotte. Belated, but happy birthday. Not only am I a Harry Potter fan, but I'm also a big Hamilton nerd. Ooh. And I cannot get enough of Marvel, especially Loki. I'm a proud Gryffindor, but I tend to come off to my classmates as a Slytherin. You know what that means? <laughs> what? It's okay. You got, you're, you're, you're a Slytherdor, or you're a, Grif- you're a Grifferin. You're a Grifferin like Harry. Yeah, that's okay. Cool. But I don't have to deal with that for the next three months because I also just graduated from sixth grade. Yay! Congratulations. Anyway, enough about me. I have a question for you. Do you think that Lily Potter was popular when she was at Hogwarts? And what kind of friends did she have? What houses were they in? I'd love to know your thoughts. Thank you for all the Lumos that you send. Charlotte. I think Lily was very popular when I she was too. at Hogwarts. And I think she had friends in all of the houses. Yep. Uh, we know that she was star student in potions, which to me feels like she had a lot of Ravenclaw friends because totally. obviously there are a lot of star students. Uh, that being said, in potions, you're going to need a lot of ingredients. So I feel like she would get the hookup with the Hufflepuffs <laughs> in Herbology. You know, and she'd be like, hey, we should try this new thing. Awesome. I, I tend to think that because she was so good at potions... Mm-hmm. That Slughorn favored her, mm-hmm. and that probably pissed off a lot of Slytherins. Okay, I think I, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I can I can see that, but I also feel like she might have lunch and snack and hang out with Sirius. So the the Slytherins might have been like, okay, she's cool with us. Oh, I would kind of think that maybe the Slytherins. Not Sirius, are, excuse me, oh, Snape. Snape. That's yes. what I mean. Sorry, that she would hang out with Snape. She might have a little snack time. You know, they'd share notes or whatever. That the Slytherins might be like, whatever, she's cool. Snape feels to me like a character that even though he is a Slytherin, even the Slytherins kind of made fun of him. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I can go on that route. By the way, Charlotte, this is an important thing I want to tell you. Being popular, not important. Don't mm. worry about being popular. Oh my gosh, totally don't. Don't worry about being popular. It's it's not important. I know it may feel like the greatest thing that you can be right now. Instead, be kind. Be kind. To everyone. Yes. Yes. Unless Do the right thing. Jerk. Just... And if somebody is being unkind, help the person that they're being unkind to. And if someone is a jerk, uh, what we tell our kids is treat them how Harry would treat Malfoy, which is he generally ignores them. Yes. Like unless they're like harming you or whatever. Yeah. That that's what we tell them, that that kid who's just like trying to rile you up is just a Malfoy. Yep. So, yep. The biggest advice I can give you is to be kind. No matter if someone's popular, unpopular, anything like that, be kind. Yep. Awesome. All right. This next one comes from Faye. She says, I'm super excited that you've reached the Goblet of Fire. 
uh, I've been following along from the beginning. We'll continue to follow along. Well, slightly ahead rather than along. I'm starting Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in Norwegian. I moved to Norway this month, Ooh. so I'm trying to learn the language. Fun fact, in Norwegian, Dobby is called Noldis, Cedric is Frederick, and Dumbledore is Hulmansner. 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 Sure, why not? Uh, anyway, I'm sitting here reading, rereading chapter two of Order of the Phoenix, and I can't stop thinking about the different perspectives of your podcast. You guys in this part of the podcast have made me consider the perspective of other characters so much more than ever before, which, <laughs> Faye, was the idea. Uh, it's so easy to just sit in Harry's mind and stay there, but stepping into someone else's point of view is really enriching. So thank you for that. And I also have to say, you should thank Mary for that, because she was the one who came up with the idea for the different perspective. Because <laughs> what I do all the time when I'm reading. I know, I true. like fight in my head. No, this is it, this is it. Rereading this chapter two, I honestly agree with Uncle Vernon, Victor Dumbling in Norwegian, knowing that we know about Voldemort and that he is after Harry, where I, Uncle Vernon, I would also want Harry out of the house and as far away from me and my family as possible. Wouldn't want to get caught in that particular crossfire. Mm -hmm. My question for you is... What would you do in this situation? And what would Dumbledore have to say to convince you otherwise? Mary, I ask you this question. I mean, if I was Uncle Vernon. What would you do? And what would Dumbledore have to say to convince you otherwise? See, it's so hard. Because like, I'd be like, I'm not putting this kid, this kid who I've like raised his entire life outside. Yeah. I would be more in contact with Dumbledore. <laughs> Excuse me, you didn't give me a manual for this kid. You left me one note. Yeah. This this sucks. <laughs> I need a little bit more instruction, Help. please. Yeah. Should I be concerned? <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys have owls, but do you have shields? <laughs> do you have force fields? Why so. don't you whip up a, a, a nice little shell for me? For Blake, my house? Would, Blake would throw the child out. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> not my chair, not my problem. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, kid. I got my own stuff to worry about. Why don't you go on vacation? <laughs> don't you have friends? Yeah. I'm sure that you Isn't got there like- summer school? Don't you got like some like camp that you can yeah. go to? <laughs> So there's some like outdoor camp <laughs> where you can make wands out of sticks all day. Yeah, you just sure you go be a wizard. That that's great. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you wizard yourself up a new family? Oh my god, that's what I would say to the kid. Yes, and you would. what would Dumbledore have to say to me? He wouldn't have to say anything to me. All you would have to do is just show the Benjamins. How many Benjamins am I going to get out of this? For taking all, for taking Harry. No, Dumbledore would just. I need a stipend. Dumbledore would just look at your wife Petunia. That's true. And say, Petunia. <laughs> and she'd be like, Never mind. No, he would look at you, and you'd be in the background. Yes. Okay, we'll do it. Okay, no problem. I just need more instruction, please. Dumbledore, can I just come for like one day? <laughs> Is there like a family visit day to Hogwarts? Oh my God! Oh my goodness! It's a person in need of help. Come into my arms. <laughs> No, all you have to do is just show the green. That's all I would care about. I need okay. a stipend. We're glad, we're Actually, more of, of a stipend. I need more of a balloon payment. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't want none of those galleons. No, 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 no. That, that, that don't mean anything in my house. Sorry, I want real money. 
Oh, Mary's disgusted with me today. All right, here we go. You ready to close this bad boy out? <laughs> yes, I am. All right, let's do it. Thank you all so incredibly much for tuning in. As Blake said earlier, we've got a bunch of other podcasts that if you haven't checked out, we do in addition to the Potterverse. We cover the Rings of Power series, House of Dragon. Um, for those of you who have not yet watched the This Is Us series that was on NBC. Oh, yes. I got to tell you, I was thinking about this, Blake. Like, that was one of my favorite series that we covered. Oh, yeah. And um, made a big is, difference in my life. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. So, and if you are someone who watched it, but you didn't get to listen along to our podcast episodes, we put heart and soul into that podcast. So, you know, maybe it can be a summer summer watch for you, a summer rewatch. Yeah, you know, I was thinking we have a lot of younger listeners on this podcast, right? I mean, this may not be a great show for them, but No, I know, but I'm thinking like I would like to try to do something for the younger listeners as well. Okay. I don't know. I, I it, maybe you little nerds can send in some email of what you would like Mary and I to talk about for for you. I don't know. I think okay. it'd be fun. It would be fun. Yeah, sure. Maybe with some project that we can do with our kids. Yeah, sure, I'm in. <laughs> right, everybody. <laughs> well, on that note, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. Mischief Managed. Mischief Managed.